Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Once again, it's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. GEICO.com. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Shut up. Yeah. I say, this is just the scumbag generation. It's, it's Dan Patrick. Oh, the Astros have spoken to the media. I got more questions because only the owner was taking questions. Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve doing the media favor. They said, hey, we're going to keep it brief. If you're a writer, you're showing up after all of this controversy. They don't take any questions, but they want to do you a favor. I've blocked out my calendar the entire day. You keep talking. I got columns to write. I got quotes I have to get. What are you keeping a brief for? They they make it seem like they got a game later today. This may be the only time in your life where you have to talk a lot and you're saying you're keeping a brief. Uh, Jim Crane is the owner of the Astros. He didn't keep it brief. He at least had the guts to take some questions here. And uh, here is the owner on a response that made me go, hmm. Mr. Crane, what do you have to say to the Yankees and teams that you beat in 17? Listen, the, the Yankees have had a few comments out there. Um, you know, our opinion is, uh, you know, that this didn't impact the game. Um, we had a good team. Um, we won the World Series, and we'll leave it at that. So knowing what the pitch is going to be had no impact on the game. So, Jim, why did your players risk everything and uh, a manager got fired and a GM got fired if there's no real benefit, no real impact on the game? I I don't know if Jim understands this. I don't know if he understands baseball. I don't know if he understands the severity of this. So I got inside information. Imagine if uh, it's inside information in your business and insider trading. Does that help people? Yeah, those those people, when they get caught, they go to prison. (laughs) Like, it it does have an impact. And are you see wealthy when they go to prison here? Play that one more time. Here's Jim Crane, the Astros owner. Mr. Crane, what do you have to say to the Yankees and teams that you beat in 17? Listen, the the Yankees have had a few comments out there. Um, You know, our opinion is, um, you know, that this didn't impact the game. Um, We had a good team. Um, We won the World Series, and we'll leave it at that. I think Jim Crane should have just read a statement as well. Uh, Give him credit that he, he tried to answer some questions. He made it worse. If you're going to say that this didn't have an impact on the game, then why were they doing it? Or maybe he doesn't know, but why did you fire your manager and your GM if this didn't have an impact on the game? And then you're not going to punish the players because you can hide behind the fact that the commissioner was not going to punish the players. They're your players, Jim. Yes, you. They, how long did they have to figure this out? <laughs> the Astros on how to respond to this. I mean, <laughs> they've been kicking this can down the road for months now, and then all of a sudden get up there. And it's not like the dumbest thing possible. <laughs> it's not like you can go, "Oh my God, we didn't we didn't rehearse that question." Like, 
isn't that one of the first questions you think they're going to ask? Hey, what would you say to the Dodgers or Yankees? Did this? How much of an impact did this have on you winning the World Series? None. What? Yeah, McLevin. I mean, this is making the Astros look back with envy at the days they played in Enron Field from an ethical <laughs> standpoint. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Scoreboard. Oh, man. From an ethical standpoint. Yeah. Alex Bregman read a statement. He said, we've learned from this. I don't know what you've learned. Did you need to go through this to learn that, that cheating, you know, is it's wrong? It's illegal? Yes, Todd. I want to know if the media knew they were just going to make these short, brief statements, or were they surprised by that? If so, they should have all boycotted. I know they have a job to do, and they feel like they have to be there, but like no one should have showed up to this, basically, because we got no answers. Jim Crane said something ridiculous about it not affecting anything, and they didn't take questions their players. They just said some vague statement, but then that they learned their lesson. Yeah, but the admin. owner did talk. The owner at least took questions. They could have done that on a conference call. I wish no one would have showed up. They should have stood there with a bunch of empty seats. No, because it does matter, and these these this doesn't end here. I, for, if the Astros think, oh, hey, we already had our press conference, that's not going to stop you know people in New York when the Astros go to New York. Can you imagine when the Astros go to New York the first time? Do you have the schedule, McLovin? Yeah, what? it's drum night, <laughs> free drum night. Yeah. And, and, of course, it was a based off a, a Yankee player with De Niro bang the drum slowly. It was about the Yankees. Yes, Paul. But, Dan, I just heard Alex Bregman say they're on to 2020. He told me they're moving on to 2020. I'm going to go with him. We're moving on. Or mm. He told us four times we're on to 2020. I can't quite move on to 2020, at least the baseball season. The year I can. Yes, yeah, That's just going to drive me nuts now. Is that, all right, guys, we already addressed that at the press conference. We already addressed it. Uh, we're just going to move on. We already addressed that. Yeah. We already addressed yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're baseball, though, how do you feel today? If you're the commissioner, how do you feel today? People have ridiculed you with the pace of play. If you're a pitcher and you come in, you got to face at least three batters. Now you're going to have a different format for the postseason. Hey, the Astros are holding a press conference today. It didn't go well. Hey, but you're talking about baseball. Yes, he. Don't you feel like there's a lot of people in baseball right now and at a lot of teams who are just sort of holding their breath, waiting well, to see when they come out? Well, that's why if I'm the Yankees, and I've said this, you've had a lot of cheaters on your roster in the last 25 years. All right? A few of them. And you also had Carlos Beltran and Brian McCann on your roster. And they, of course... Part of the Astros championship team. Just saying. You know, that's why I'd say slow slow your comments here, especially if you're CC Sabathia, where you're going to point fingers at anybody. Not that he did anything illegal. He might know somebody. We're on the 2020. Of course we are. <laughs> Not look back. <laughs> Jameis Winston hopes to be on to 2020 with his vision. That's, that's the only person who can say, I'm on to 2020. Because... I don't want to be 30-30. Yes, McLovin. I, may, I might be missing one, but I have them playing the Yankees in Houston in May. No, May no, no, no. I need, yeah, I need no, New September York. September 21st. They go to the Mets in uh, Interleague in June, June 2nd, but I don't have them going to the Yankees oh, in September. Man. By the way, I wonder if someone smart did that scheduling to avoid that. I'm, I'm double-checking <laughs> to make sure I didn't miss anything. Though. Were they trying to make sure the Astros didn't play the Yankees at all in New York? Were they trying to sneak that by? Uh, here's a tweet. So grown men who are professionals do not know what's right and wrong. They need guidance. 
And that's what the owner said. And he blamed it on uh, the lack of guidance with the manager and the GM. I, I would hate to see Jim Crane get in front of the media if any of his players were guilty of steroids because he'd probably blame the people who sold them the steroids or administered, you know, pharmaceutical. Co- hey, blame those people, not the players. I blame the needles. The Needle Organization of America has something to answer to. They delivered the product. If we didn't have needles, then uh, they wouldn't have taken steroids. Not our fault. Going to blame somebody else. Wow. Uh, is, yes. there, is there an Astro-Yankee spring training game where they could buzz the tower a little bit just to get something hot going, send a little message about how they stole the World Series? Do you just get it over with where you go, you know, I bring in somebody and they're going to throw hard. You just say, look, hey, El Tuve, it's going to hurt, but, you know, sorry, gotta, I got to drill you. Bregman, I got to hit you. The only people really talking are the former Astros, guys who are on different rosters now. And you had a meeting last night to prepare yourself for today. Was the owner in the meeting? Because the players probably said, hey, could somebody draw up something that I, I can sound remorseful here? What what will the media buy? Because if that was the case, they didn't do a very good job. Hey, I'm really sorry. You know, we, we, we learned from this. Yes, Paul. I got another clip that you're going to love even more than oh. About 15 minutes ago, uh, Jim Crane of the Astros had this response. Okay. Mr. Crane, what do you have to say to the Yankees and teams that you beat in 17? Listen, the the Yankees have had a few comments out there. Um, You know, our opinion is, uh, you know, that this didn't impact the game. Um, We had a good team. Um, We won the World Series, and we'll leave it at that. Two minutes later, Jim Crane was asked this. Jim, when talking about the Yankees there, did you say you feel like this didn't impact the game? And what do you mean by that? I I didn't say it didn't impact the game. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. No, I did not say that. (laughs) You have the accent on the wrong club. I said it didn't impact. (laughs) (laughs) You said impact. I said impact. Didn't impact the game. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't impact the game. Game. Play them back-to-back again. Mr. Crane, what do you have to say to the Yankees and teams that you beat in 17? Listen, the, the Yankees have had a few comments out there. Um, you know, our opinion is, um, you know, that this didn't impact the game. Um, we had a good team. Um, we won the World Series, and we'll leave it at that. Jim, when talking about the Yankees there, did you say you feel like this didn't impact the game? And what do you mean by that? I I didn't say it didn't impact the game. Oh, boy. I'm surprised you didn't say, hey, we won the World Series unfair and square, okay? (laughs) I didn't say that. Yes, you did. You said you won the World Series unfair and square. (laughs) Hey, uh, Jim, uh, Mike Smith from Sports Illustrated, what the hell are you talking about? What are you talking about? Jim, do you know that these microphones are on? <laughs> oh, God. You guys could screw up soup. I'm, I'm glad that, the, you know, some of these re- the reporters followed up with that. Because that one where it didn't impact the game, I probably would. That, that's one of those where, uh, you know, you see people writing down things, like the members of the media. You know, they'll be listening to you, and then all of a sudden you'll say something, they'll go, <laughs> Flash cubes go, flash bulbs go off there. Yes, Todd. 
It's like that SNL Martin Short character we liked. You said, I, you said I, 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 of course I knew that. Of course we cheated. We didn't cheat. Why would you say that? Yeah. We, we didn't do that. We won an unfair and square. But you said unfair. You no, I didn't. You said that. No, you said that. I didn't say that. Oh, boy. Of course we cheated. I know that. Why wouldn't you think I knew that? Of course we did. No. We won fair and square, though. Jose Altuve is at his locker taking questions. MLB Network is showing that. We'll keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on that. Uh, mini trash can giveaway for the first 500 fans. That's uh, the Ast- or the Yankees single A team. That'll be Thursday, September 3rd. Right. Kind of a long way away there, but all right. I guess getting used to that, people are going to. Have we come up with a T-shirt yet? Do we do? We want it unfair and square. Do you want to do that T-shirt here? Unfair. <laughs> <laughs> Astros logo with a big square. Yeah, yeah. those will sell, sell really well in Houston. Yes, they will. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I hope those fans have a sense of humor, Tim. Hey, you got a World Series out of it. Congratulations. A hundred nations around the world have now declared the international consensus <laughs> that, they that global warming exists, <laughs> that we are causing it, and that the impacts are going to be catastrophic. <laughs> what are you saying? Did you know that? Since 1988, we've had the nine hottest years on record. I know that. You don't think I know that? I, I, I represent the oil companies. I would be very aware of that. Did you know that your oil industry clients receive $65 billion a year in taxpayer-funded subsidies from our federal government? Of course I know that. But we give a lot of that money back to congressmen and to the White House. <laughs> That's a long. He's been smoking this cigarette. It's got this crazy long ash on it. Yeah, he's sweating. sweating. Yeah. Then he looks at the camera. Is it me? It's, it's him. It's, it's him. Right? It's not me. What poll question do you have, McLovin? I did. If you were Eric Bieniemy, which job would you want? Oh, okay. Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator, which he currently has, or the Colorado Buffaloes job? Sixty-four percent said stay with KC. There's a report that the Cowboys are going to offer Dak Prescott a five-year deal. Did you see this, McLovin? That, no. Yeah, that uh, that apparently they're offering or have offered or will offer him a five-year deal, which... Guaranteed? Well, I don't know. Right? I mean, if I'm the Cowboys at, at this point, you know, I would guarantee it. You know, But can I get him for a little less is what I would want. Although if I'm Dak Prescott, he probably goes, we already got a great team here. Like, you don't need me to take less to have a great team. We have all the pieces here and a new head coach coming in. Yeah, McLeod. I'm not saying just for content, but are you hearing anything about Tom Brady and the Patriots or the Chargers or anything? Or is everything in limbo? Because what if everybody just goes back to their teams and there's no free agency period here to talk about? Somebody's leaving. Something, something dramatic will happen in the draft, up top, in my opinion. Somebody's going in to get Tua. Talked to somebody last night and said, you're dead on. The person who told me about Baker Mayfield moving up and the Browns were going to take him number one overall said to me last night, someone will go up and get to him. Somebody is going to go get it. Yeah, Paul. Do you think it's most likely that the Giants trade down? Well, the Lions may take him. Uh, I know there's a report out and the Lions deny that of shopping Matthew Stafford. If I'm the Lions, I would be shopping Matthew. If you said I can trade Matthew Stafford, I don't know what you get for Matthew Stafford. Let's say you get a, a number one and a two. Maybe you get more than that. I don't know his value now. And I can get Tua, 
now I have my five-year window where the salary is not killing me. And I don't have to trade anything. I don't have to trade up to get to him. Unless somebody goes in to number two, and that's where I think the drama is going to be. That's where I think it's going to be. I just had a good tweet. <laughs> uh, the Astros' logic is, I can no longer blame Fritzy for rambling on the show. It's Dan's fault for allowing him to do it. Fritzy needed guidance. That's not necessarily. Okay. I do need guidance. <laughs> I think that's fair. And I'll take the blame for you rambling on time. You said cut it in half and half again. I, just I know. Continue. And it's still, when did I tell you that? Like 15 years ago, maybe? 15 years ago? We've been almost 18 years. Probably within the first couple of years, for sure. Yeah, but you haven't been on the air that long. So it's a decade? So it's been 12 years that you've been on the air. I'm just not getting it. you got to give them a learning curve on 12 years. I know. I I take the blame here. I take the blame. It's all your fault. But I'd always say to Todd, cut it in half and then cut it in half again. I'd make the sign of the cross. Half and then half. Half, half. Still, my rabbi's still concerned about that because he thinks I know the converted. I know, and I apologize to your rabbi. Okay. Yeah, good yontif. Um, yeah, I think there's going to be drama here. You have uh, an ex-teammate of Tom Brady's. You know, let me take a break here. We'll come back with this. Who knows? We may get more uh, stupid answers from the Astros. And I want to talk about Miles Garrett being reinstated. It's uh, 18 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. It's the greatest time of the year in sports. NFL, college football, MLB, NBA, and NHL. What else can a sports fan ask for? All the action you want is every day at one place and one place only. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag. Use promo code PODCAST1 for your 50% off welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on all this incredible action at BetOnline.ag. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. RockAuto.com, rock on. All the parts your car or truck will ever need, RockAuto.com. It was founded by automotive engineers in 1999. Two goals in mind, first to give people direct access to all the parts information hidden in those computers and catalogs behind the parts store counter. And second... To make parts affordable by offering reliably low prices, go to rockauto.com. You don't have to drive, phone, wait in lines to get those parts. comes right to your doorstep. Go to rockauto.com today. Tell them we sent you. There's a how-did-you-hear-about-us box. They know that we sent you. All the parts your car, truck, wherever you need at rockauto.com. LeBron James with a triple-double last night. The first player in NBA history to record multiple 30-point triple-doubles after turning 35. In fact, only two other players have done so, even once, Kobe Bryant and Larry Bird. I, you know, I remember at the start of the season that it was Kawhi Leonard was going to be the MVP. Kawhi's now the best player in the NBA. And I said, you guys are crazy. You know, there's this anti-LeBron bias. And I said, he's still, to me, best player in the game. And he's motivated after last season. He got embarrassed last season. You get Anthony Davis, and it feels like they're, you know, they're still the team to beat here. Now, I don't know how they're going to match up with Milwaukee because Milwaukee keeps rolling along here. But watching LeBron last night, you just – we take him for granted because this is an, an incredibly unique player in the history of the sport. When you combine 
And I know it's blasphemous to say Magic and Michael, but that's the combo platter you get with him. He's a spectacular player. And when we look at players and we say, oh, you know, he's one of the great scorers of all time. Okay. If you say the top five highlights that LeBron will have on, on his resume, one is a defensive play, a block shot on Andre Iguodala. So one of the greatest plays in the history of LeBron James's career was a defensive play. How many great players can you say that about? He's got all the offensive plays. He's got all those highlights. I mean, Michael Jordan, one of the top five plays is he stripped Carl Malone of the ball and then set up that game-winning shot to win the title in Utah. But the strip, we forget about because he needed to do that to then hit the game-winning shot. But how many great players, when you think about, do they have something other? What's their signature highlight reel? And for LeBron James, I still think he's underrated. I do. Now, do I have problems with him sometimes? Lack of leadership makes, you know, social media. He can have cryptic. Yes, all of those things. If you look at the totality of his career with who he is, his family, what he does, charity, you know, he's taken on some, you know, big opportunities here, certainly going to Los Angeles, left him open to criticism here, going back to Cleveland, left him open when he left Cleveland. Still has handled this pretty well. Single family, household, he's done pretty well. Made himself a billionaire. Pretty special. And to watch him play, I feel honored. I get to watch him play. Continue to watch him play. Yeah, McLeod. I, I love that question, the signature play, because I think of the block immediately. What is Jordan's one play? Switching hands? No, because that wasn't even necessary. <laughs> like, if you look at that play, you're like, you could have just shot a simple layup. Oh, Brian Russell. Yeah, when he pushed off on Russell and made the shot, I'd, I'd say you'd have to put a dunk in there, but I don't know if there's a signature dunk unless it's the, the jump man dunk that got him his logo there. But how many great players can you say they also have a signature defensive play? Now, you might say, I don't even value that. But there was a while where LeBron got criticized because he wasn't playing defense. Remember that last year? So you can't say, well, it doesn't matter, because it did matter because people were criticizing LeBron James. Yes, Paul. The one thing about Jordan's Bulls, they never went to a game seven in the finals. They didn't have, they only had the, the one against, you know, again, it was game they six. They went to game six a couple of times. Yeah, game six, but I don't think they went to a game seven. No, they did not. Seattle, they went game six. Phoenix, they went game six, I believe. Yes, McClellan. I got another defense. Well, how about Bird? Bird stole the ball, or did Havlicek stole the ball? But Bird, Bird, yeah. Bird's, Bird's steal is yeah. one of the top five because that's the Isaiah inbounds pass at the Garden when Bird slipped in there, stole it, and then passed it to Dennis Johnson. So Bird, Bird has a great a guy who wasn't considered a great, even a good defensive player. Yeah, was he? I was about that. Was he? A, he played the lanes a little bit. Yes, right? he did. Yes, Larry would have a lot of steals, but he wasn't a great. If Larry was guarding you, you probably felt pretty good about that. You didn't want to guard him, but, yeah, I, just watching LeBron, and he's going to end up in that statistical category. You know, if there was no Michael Jordan, would LeBron James be the greatest player of all time? That is white hot. Right? LeBron would go down in history as the greatest player of all time. Or Kareem. Oh, LeBron over Kareem. I don't think Kareem goes a second in most people. No, he's play. not. But, yeah. but, but he's another guy. It's hard to say somebody's overrated. Or underrated. It's a big guy thing. Kareem, yes, it's the big guy thing. 
that he's like Kareem. Kareem made it look so easy. Yeah, Paul. I've always thought guys like Kareem and others suffered because of the TV era and their their peak years weren't in the TV era. If you look at if you say that the NBA really started to get hot in 1980, yeah. he was 33 years old. Kareem was 33 when you started seeing him on national TV. You basically, I mean, you guys like you did, but his 20s were not on national TV. You didn't see his days at the Bucks. I mean, he was averaging 34 and 16 yeah. at 23 years old. Yeah, when he came in with Milwaukee, I remember first time he went against Wilt Chamberlain. And Wilt was a defensive-minded guy then. And then I went, oh, this isn't going to go well for Wilt. You know, Kareem was so good, so fluid. I mean, he was he was wonderful to watch. I mean, even Dr. J, you didn't get to see Doc. I saw him in the ABA at one time in person. And uh, I believe with the Virginia Squires. Might have been the Nets, but uh, they were playing uh, the Kentucky Colonels. But watching Dr. J, and I just thought, man, he's on. And I love the ABA, but he, I just said, man, he's on display, but nobody's seeing him. And then he got to Philadelphia, and then we saw, I mean, he was really good. And that, and that NBA Finals, when they lost to Portland, Doc was the best player on the floor. I mean, I love Bill Walton. Doc was a bad, bad man that, that series. Problem is, he didn't have anybody else who stepped up for him. Yeah, Paul. At age 30, Dr. J in Philly, when, again, NBA started getting on TV, he averaged 25 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. Yeah. That's a full player. And he, he, was, he was explosive. Now, he wasn't as, as polished all around as uh, some of these other great players of all time, but Doc on the break, uh, he was, he was going to dunk on you. He was, he was wonderful to watch and a great man, too. Wonderful man to be around. Yeah. The fact that he allowed me in Utah that same series where Jordan won it, uh, at, you know, with the jumper over uh, Russell, we played golf. And we were backed up on a tee, and there was a basketball court right by the tee box, I think on the 15th hole. And I said, do you want to go shoot around? And they had lowered the – you could lower the hoop. And I lowered the hoop to probably like eight feet or something. And then I said to Doc, hey, would you stand underneath the hoop? And he goes, yeah, why? I said, I want to dunk on you. And he he thought it was so – he thought it was so funny – and I just wanted to say I, I dunked over Dr. J. Yeah, Steve. I was a little young for Dr. J, but I remember watching back then, and he was sort of on his way out of the league. And But I remember they're sort of like making this connection between Dr. J and dunking and him sort of handing off the baton to Dominique Wilkins. And, like, that was like this new era that was taking it to a whole other level, you know, with that the tomahawk and, and just connecting those two. They've always been sort of linked in my mind. And also, he did the takeoff from the dotted line. Doc had, I think, one of the greatest plays in NBA history against the 76 or, or against uh, the Lakers, where he went from one side of the hoop to the other. And it was just, even when you watch it in slow motion. So you had that one and then the dunk on Michael Cooper. When Coop goes up and he goes, oh, no, I, he was going up. Doc was still going up. And, and Cooper was like, oh, no. And then he cupped it. He did a cup of soup and then, you know, slammed it on a uh, coop. That one, that one was not fair. I love when a guy challenges a dunk. I, I always respected that. And and Coop went, he was like, oh, no, I got no shot here. But when Doc did that, that, that those were two of the great moves when you think about it, certainly with Dr. J.
All right, got off on a tangent there, but uh, just watching uh, LeBron last night, and the Lakers are on a roll here. Anthony Davis, and I love watching Anthony Davis shoot threes because that is a big man who worked on shooting threes. He has a beautiful stroke. Anthony Davis has a wonderful stroke. And I go back to when I, I ran into the general manager of the uh, Pelicans, Demps, when he was in New York at a, at a, working out at a club, and I, I saw him as he came out, and we just started talking. And he introduced himself, and he said, wait, because he said, I know you love Anthony Davis. He said, wait till next year. He's working on his three-point shot. And he was he became a, a very good three-point shooter. Beautiful form. Really wonderful form. All right. Uh, and he had a, a double-double, I think, last night. He had 30 points or as well. Yeah, Paul. Speaking of big men with a shot, I was watching Carl Anthony Towns the other day. His first year in the league, he barely took any threes. He's eight, 19th in the league in three-point shooting percentage. He's Carl Anthony Towns. Coach. Yeah, 41% from three. He's seven feet tall. He averages eight threes attempted per game. He's in the upper echelon of three-point shooters now. Did you guys – you guys probably didn't, but I, I – first of all, I text out to McLovin. I said, hey – Who's got it better than me? I'm watching the Hornets and the Pistons tonight. No, 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 dude. Pistons and the Magic. Pistons, oh, Pistons and the Magic. <laughs> Same thing. Pistons and the Magic. I, who's got it better than me? And then I, I flipped over to watch Alabama against Auburn. Because I thought, all right, let me find out. I like Bruce Pearl, and Auburn was great last year. Let me see if Alabama's interesting. Alabama attempted 59 three-pointers. Most attempts... By a major conference team all time. 59. They made 37% of their 59. And they lost. 59 of their 84 field goal attempts. Man. So the threes accounted for 59 of their 84 field goal attempts. (laughs) I was. Oh, my God. That's all I could do, folks. That's all I could. No, I, hey, it doesn't mean I would have done it, but I could shoot. You and Pete Maravich, born too early. Yeah. Maravich still did a little better than I did. Well, I mean, let's look at the totality of our lives here. I I think I've done a little better, but Pete died tragically at the age of 40. I've died a few times with my career. <laughs> Thank you, Todd. I hate when you talk about death. I don't like that. Yeah, no. But I have to. It's inevitable, Todd. I don't know what to talk about. It's inevitable. like what we're gonna, who's going to be your pallbearers and what music's going to play and what the speech is going to be like, all that stuff. Am I going to be in the memoriam with the Oscars? Just a lot of morbid stuff. But I, I'm going to call them pallbearers, and you have to be named Paul oh, go. To, to carry me. Carry me to that final resting spot. So I got an automatic bid. Yeah, you do. Nice. How yeah. many other Pauls do you know? Oh, there'll be people who'll be more than willing to volunteer. Feinbaum. Feinbaum. Paul Feinbaum. Would do it. I don't do know it. how strong he is, though. Tall. He's tall. You just put him in the middle of the okay. yeah. of the six, and then it's not much weight. Yeah. Does that have to be sports figures like Warfield or Westfall, Blair? Do you need, like, all Pauls? Have Paul O'Neill. Paul Pierce O'Neill. could probably do it. Paul Mokeski, the former uh, Milwaukee Bucks center. He's free. Big Mo. Yeah, he's got time. Yeah, McLovin. Paul Mokeski. Yes. He's not doing anything, and he's a seven-footer. He'll be able to carry a little bit of the weight there. So I have Paul Bears. Molitor? Ooh, Molly. 
Yeah, that'd be nice. Hall of Famer. Good. Yeah, Paul. Overman gets to speak, right? I mean, because he will be very upset if he doesn't. He loves writing. He, he's got to give him four, four to six. Yeah, months. but then he's going to say from six feet way downtown Bang. That's weird. <laughs> That's weird. That'd be <laughs> creepy weird. When they put me into the ground, they'll do the sports center. Six feet down, way downtown Bang. No. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Did you see where uh, Tom Brady's teammate? <laughs> I know there was no smooth. I, you know what? How about I take a break here? Understand the death thing. Speaking of coming to an end, yeah. Tom Brady. Yeah. Oh, is it over for Tommy? Tommy in uh, New England. Uh, okay, is is Dak Prescott getting offered a six-year deal here? I'm seeing some outlets that normally don't give credit to people with breaking news, just saying that uh, they're the Cowboys are offering Dak, Pre- Dak Prescott a, a six-year contract. McConnell? I'm not seeing widespread reporting on it yet, but I'll keep looking here. Right. Yeah, it's a like, I'm not surprised that I think they want to get this done before March. And that's why I didn't buy into the Tom Brady. Do you think that all of a sudden Dak Prescott's agent's going, hey, they're thinking about Brady. We we better go back to the negotiating table. That was the only reason why I thought that story came out was the Cowboys wanted it to come out as some way to get leverage on Dak Prescott. But if you're Dak Prescott, you know, you're, you're, you already were – Banking on yourself here. So why would you be nervous about that? But is Brady's number, are his days in New England numbered? At least one of his former teammates says 100% sure. Have that for you coming up next. Dan Patrick Show. Calling all Gleeks. I'm Kevin McHale. And I'm Jenna Ashkowitz. We became best friends on the set of Glee. And now we're doing the Glee recap podcast you have been waiting for. How romantic. Each week we'll take you behind the scenes. Spill all the Glee tea. And break down episodes from season one with former cast, crew, producers, and writers that brought the show to life. I think everyone needs a little more party in their lives. Get new episodes of Showman's every Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and PodcastOne.com. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. Phone calls are welcome. By the way, we have some new baseball rules. Are you guys following any of this stuff? They want to speed up the pace of play. I, it feels like baseball's in a crisis mode. It does. And I'm sure I'm overstating this. But, man, baseball's reactionary. The minimum three-batter rule requires a starter or reliever to face a minimum of three batters. Commissioner believes this will help the pace of play. Well, of course it will. Won't allow managers to make those mid-inning lefty, righty matchup pitching changes, lefty on lefty. All right. Uh, rosters expand from 25 to 26 at, uh, on September 1st. Let me see what else. Managers have only 20 seconds after a given play to decide whether they want to challenge it or not. Last year they had 30 seconds. And the use of position players taking the mound will be limited to games in extra innings or games in which one team is winning by six runs or more. Yes, Paulie. 
So let's say a relief pitcher comes in in the seventh inning, a couple men on. He walks the first guy. He walks the second guy on eight straight pitches. Extreme situation. He must stay in the game for the third batter. Yes. And or if he gives up back-to-back home runs, he must stay in the game for the third batter. Yes. It won't be boring. No, but, you know, you've had managers who have kind of abused these situations. You know, Tony LaRusa, the genius, was always bringing in a lefty on left. I mean, it took forever. And I think baseball is really, really concerned. If you love baseball, it doesn't matter what changes are implemented. I don't think you're leaving the game if you love the game. But if you're trying to get a whole new audience, which baseball's trying to do, okay, you know, I would kick the tires on a couple of these. Absolutely. I would do that. I would just go, okay, what is really crazy? What is interesting? What would be something that somebody would be interested in? If you look at what happens now, most of what is consumed by a younger audience is through social media. I don't know how many how many kids, teenagers, you know, millennials are staying up to watch Jimmy Fallon or James Corden. But they're going to be following something that's released, you know, the following day, those clips, they get... I don't know what the the number is, the number of people who consume those clips a moment from an interview, as opposed to watching the live show. I mean, it's got to be an incredible ratio there. And that's really what it is. Baseball is consumed, it feels like, by a younger audience, just by a clip. And we're watching basketball highlights. I Now, I look, I, I watch, but I you know like to be masochistic. I got the NBA pass. And I'm watching all of these games. But I'm in the minority. I can't imagine somebody sitting through an entire game. And even college basketball. But it feels like, hey, did you see that play that happened? Hey, did you see that dunk by LeBron? It's not, you know, I was wondering about this with the Lakers' transition defense. You know, I didn't really notice that. Or, you know, on the defensive end, boy, they're going to be really formidable. Nobody's watching the game that way. Because everybody wants it now. Just tell me enough about it. And then I can form my opinion. Yeah, McClellan. But how do you, and I've heard this a lot, the NBA ratings don't matter because everyone's consuming it on YouTube and Instagram. But is that as easy to monetize as all the advertising you plaster throughout a game? I don't know that. If I'm a TV executive, I'd still be a little nervous that now I'm asking these sponsors to pony up money during a game as opposed to why don't I have an advertiser attached to my highlight? Am I going to get more eyes on that than I would the actual game? Yes, he. But you see stories about this might be a little apples and oranges where, like, uh, they just say Cristiano Ronaldo makes more money from Instagram than he does actually playing soccer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, so, like, clearly this type of thing is you can monetize social media and those types of streams and feeds. If everybody's watching those clips, you can see how many millions of people are watching highlights. Yeah. But, like, isn't it the money spread out? Like, Cristiano Ronaldo makes that money. Is the league making all that money? Like, they, the NBA gives up a lot of power to Instagram and yeah. YouTube. Like no, they do. The money's getting split up ways they probably don't love. Yeah, and I don't know if they can get a piece of that back. Now, they can say you can't use our highlights, but they want you to promote the game. So it's sort of a double-edged sword there. Yeah, Paul. Also, baseball highlights are not like football and basketball highlights. They're they're more creative and original Baseball highlights, a triple's not that exciting. No matter how much fast that guy runs, it's a triple. It's formatted. Baseball is such a formatted sport that the highlights are not a great strikeout. The guy swings the bat, he misses. There's nothing especially exciting or original about the highlights they're pumping out. 
I mentioned uh, Tom Brady. An ex-teammate says that the Patriots are 100% done with Tom Brady. The former New England tight end and current sports radio host Christian Fourier believes the Patriots aren't interested in signing Brady when he hits free agency in March. Now, once again, he does, he, he, that's what he believes, not what he's reporting. But it's going to be reported that way. Fourier thinks that Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft won't be putting a competitive deal on the table. Quote, I believe the Patriots are 100% done. He was on WEEI with Glenn Ordway. I think the Patriots are okay and ready to move on. Everything that comes out from the uh, NFL reporter Ian Rappaport is just bogusness. It's fake. It's narrative changing. It's camouflage. It's not the truth because there is going to be, it's not our fault, fans. They know Brady's not coming back. All right. I, I don't know what exactly that means, that what Ian Rappaport is putting out is, so who's giving him that information? And what is the game plan at quarterback here? One team already waiting in line to offer Brady a boatload of money, the Oakland Raiders. They want to pitch Brady per ESPN, the Vegas Raiders. Now, they didn't even get, <laughs> they didn't even get that right. Uh, there will likely be more suitors to emerge in the coming weeks leading up to March 18th when free agency officially begins. Uh, legal tampering is uh, March 16th. Yes, McLovin. So is Christopher Boria saying that Ian Rappaport is getting stuff from the Patriots to make it seem like the Patriots want him yeah. when the Patriots behind the scenes don't really want him? Yeah. Is that what he's saying? That I believe, if I'm reading between the lines. That the Patriots are putting out a narrative that, hey, we want Brady back, but in reality, they're not acting that way. Wow. Then who's the quarterback? I have no idea. Because now you start to look at, is it a short term? You're going to bring somebody in? Is Jared Stidham going to be the answer here? Are the Patriots in line for a veteran quarterback? Andy Dalton. Would he be a guy that would fit in there? He'd, he'd be grateful if he got that job. Yeah, McLeod. Do they want a mobile quarterback? Maybe a very mobile quarterback out of New Orleans? Taysom Hill. He tried with Tebow. Why not? You love Taysom Hill, right? I do. I'm in the Taysom Hill, the, the ever-growing bandwagon of Taysom Hill. He's gotten better since the season ended somehow. Would you, would, yeah, he hadn't played in a while, but he somehow got better. Would you turn your team over to Taysom Hill? Like if I like say the Philadelphia Eagles? No, no. no I'm talking about uh, like Carolina. Carolina, probably not, no. Maybe. No, 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 no. You have to make a decision. It's not a maybe. Here's the situation. I don't have any good wide receivers. I have a good running game. I want to do ball control. Yes, I would take Taysom Hill in Carolina. And I know I mentioned about Matthew Stafford maybe on the trade deadline or trading block, but uh, I know that the Lions would take a big cap hit. But you're going to have to hit the reset button at some point in Detroit. And you rarely have, you know, a top five pick where you can go get somebody if you think that Tua is really, really special. You know, the Colts had that opportunity with Andrew Luck when Peyton Manning got injured. And they and they went all in and said goodbye to Peyton Manning. Do you have a Taysom Hill prop bet, Paulie? I was going to ask McLovin if I set the over-under at 14-and-a-half touchdown passes for Taysom Hill next year. Oh, gosh, under well, if he's a starting NFL quarterback, it should be way over. I think you're going to say passes. So yeah, I'm yeah, definitely I, not taking touchdowns. <laughs> I don't think he's a starting quarterback next year. Final hour coming up. 
Podcast One has some exciting news. It's official. Our shows are now available on Spotify. And it's free. We want to make it super easy for you and your friends to listen to our podcast. And joining Spotify allows us to be in even more places for fans to find us. If you're already listening to music on Spotify, you can now listen to our podcasts in the same place. If you're not on Spotify yet, all you have to do is download the free app. That's right. No credit card necessary. And simply search for our shows to start listening. By the time you finish this ad, 1,157 people will have planned their travel on Skyscanner. Skyscanner is here to make travel simple while finding you the best deals. From flights and hotels to car rentals, we bring everything together in one place so you can plan the perfect trip from D.C. and beyond. Discover why over 100 million travelers trust us every month. Search Skyscanner or download the Skyscanner app today. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 73120. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details.